So at the point of the conversation ending, he should theoretically be allowed to remember everything. It's not going to affect the future in any capacity. Because that is happened. the future. The future is him remembering. So of course it is affecting the future. How, is, affecting the fu how is him remembering the past the future? <laughs> I'm confusing myself. Okay, so Kate doesn't believe me when I say that your honeymoon is that you're going to the playoff game. No, it's not that I didn't believe him. Zane, that's not my honeymoon. You said that was your honeymoon. We were joking. Oh, so you're dumb. <laughs> Apparently so. I mean, is it the first trip? That we're taking after we get married? Yes. Is it going to cost $3,000? Yes. Yeah. That's a rounding up situation, but... Are you guys excited? No, we're pretty feeling pretty neutral about it. Obviously, it was a dumb question, because mm. who wouldn't be excited? I guess the better question would have been, do you like your chances? Who are they playing? Rams. I don't know what that means. The Los Angeles. Bengals. I know who it. I just don't mean if that means like good odds or bad odds. That's what I meant. Remember the team that beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl a couple of years back? Like two years ago. Yeah. But I feel like a team can be really good one year and then be like shit the next year. So I feel like it's not a good. They in fact were shit year. the next year. But apparently, all it takes is fourth and fifth round picks to rebuild your team. To answer your question, I feel very split on if I think we're gonna win. I could see it go either way, just because, like, the Lions are not perfect. And now Laporta's hurt, which really sucks. I think that the energy is going to be awesome, and I'm hoping the team can, like, really feed off that. And I also hope that the Rams can't hear themselves think, because it's going to be rocking. Well, Zane and I both lost to my mom in fantasy football. Wait, wasn't supposed someone supposed to, like play the recorder on the street or something yeah it's supposed to be devin but ah, devin will never do it so next year we're just doing so is no one gonna do the punishment when it gets warm i'll do it thank god no i think it'd be funny if you did it i'm not doing it in the fucking with your little shivering I, hands no, absolutely not i'll buy you the recorder with my own money thanks honey you're welcome but next year we're doing money just because like people stopped caring halfway through Except for you and you still lost. Fuck off. That is so mean to say. <laughs> Did you win any of your leagues? No, but I won my money back in the party league. Well, that doesn't mean much because you paid so much to get an Adam's league. Oh, I lost a shit ton of money in Adam League. But no one cares about football. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Lauren Gets Lost. I'm Zane. I'm Lauren. I'm Kate. And today we are covering season four, episode five little episode called the constant womp womp <laughs> all right very quickly i'm gonna say why i like this episode very quickly kate's gonna say why she doesn't like i this need episode. your phone i need to see what i texted you why i didn't like it very quickly i'm gonna say why i like this episode then very quickly kate's gonna say why she doesn't like this episode and then lauren will break the tie that's not fair 
I mean, that's how tiebreakers work. I know, but I feel like she's <laughs> going to say she liked it. <laughs> then I'm going to lose. Okay. Why I liked this episode. I'm obviously a big Penny and Desmond fan. This is a great episode for them. I love time travel. And I like that this episode played with the formula of the flash sequences and the on island storyline. The natural segue between each scene rather than the and all that. Kate? Let me start with I do like time travel. So I'm not a, I'm I am a hater, but I I'm not a total hater of time travel. So I felt like I could have liked this episode if it was two parts, but I feel like Lost is too committed to their like one centric a week that they couldn't make it two parts. And I just think if they could have expanded on it, I would have liked it a lot more because I felt like it was just a lot all at once and it didn't really make a lot of sense. And those are my thoughts. Before we go to Lauren, how do you feel about uh, Penny and Desmond? Okay, okay, okay. I like them. I wouldn't say that, like, I'm, like, obsessed with them or anything. I think that they're cute. They're fine. But I, it really pissed me off that, like... Oh, the whole, like, what about the other five years thing? Yeah. We'll get to my feelings yeah. on that. But I, I do like them together. I think that they're nice together. I love their score. I think it's some of the best music in Lost. Oh, I wasn't, I didn't, I don't think it was that good because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even notice it. Certified hater. All right, let's <laughs> right. break the tie. What do you think of The Constant? I loved this episode. Boo. Thank God. Boo. I I actually think it might be one of my favorite episodes. So let me say, <laughs> I love the concept of time travel i think it's really cool i love desmond and i love penny and i love them as a couple i thought this concept was really really cool and i was just very interested in it i was like hooked and also there were some things like kind of revealed that i have been guessing at throughout the show so i feel very like validated and we'll talk about that but yeah, I, I loved this episode. All right, well, let's dive right into it. I know a lot of people who listen have been looking forward to this episode. Um, some have been better at keeping it a secret more than others. Mel. Oh, yeah. Mel do? She posted like a meme on her Instagram story on Christmas Eve. And it said like, see, I clearly didn't even read it. All the way because oh, as soon as Zane I saw told me about yeah. this and he was like it's a spoiler and I was like no offense but I don't think she's gonna notice because <laughs> I I don't feel like I wouldn't have looked at that picture and noticed anything no I definitely knew that he it all I knew was that it meant he was gonna get in contact with Penny but it didn't that was that pretty obvious for me. yeah they were like, setting that up yeah I was not I don't think that took anything away from it at all because I still really, really enjoyed this episode. And as far as timing of spoilers go, like we found this out at the time of recording, it's uh, January 10th. So Lauren saw that like what, two, three weeks ago. So it's not like it was a huge spoiler. Yeah. And I had already known the whole time, like that Penny has to do with something with this boat and Penny has been trying to get in contact. So it's not like, 
I, it's not like I was like, what? I just was like, oh, okay. But I had no idea when that was going to happen or anything like that. So it was totally fine. Lauren, give me your synopsis. Desmond is split between two times and only Penny can save him. Sorry, I wrote it as we were starting the call because obviously I was running a little late today. <laughs> I have to say, Kate's New Year's resolution of being unbothered has saved my life on numerous occasions. Hey, man, I'm unbothered now. It's because I got in a fight with someone on New Year's Eve and I was like, okay, not a great way to start the year. So I think I'm going to be unbothered. It was not well, me for those My <laughs> No. My New Year's resolution is to spend less money. And when I saw Zane's text about recording and panicked, I was in a store and immediately left and spent no money. So it worked <laughs> out perfectly. And my year, New Year's resolution was to watch The Constant. So we're all good. <laughs> I've got quick bits. Surprising absolutely no one. This episode was directed by Jack Bender. The numbers pop up quite a few times. The two periods of time have an eight-year gap. The machine that Faraday built needs to be set to 2.342. Penny's apartment number was 423. The lot number for the journal for the Black Rock was 2342. And that's all of them. Uh, Charles Widmore purchased the journal of, of Captain Hanso of the Black Rock. It was being sold by a member of the Hanso family, who you may remember are the financial backers of the Dharma Initiative. And we'll talk about that a little later on. Desmond's storyline of being displaced in time is similar to the plot of the novel Slaughterhouse-Five, which I have never read. Kurt Vonnegut. You've read Slaughterhouse-Five? I uh, haven't read it. I've read his other stuff, though. I feel like when I'm done with Lauren Gets Lost, I want to go through and look at all the books that are referenced in Lost and then read them. Okay, nerd. Because I've been thinking about getting a copy of Catch-22 for the last couple of weeks. We even saw it at Barnes & Noble the other day. And then they talk about Watership Down. Obviously, Slaughterhouse-Five, Wizard of Oz, which I have for the Wizard of Oz. Um, and there's even, I think, uh, one of those like Judy Bloom books at one point. So it reads one on the, on the beach. When you said Judy Bloom, my brain thought Junie B. Jones. And Who's I was that? like... Oh my god, you don't know Junie B. Jones? No. She was like what? the girl. Like, when, as eats... soon as you were in first grade and you got your first chapter book, it was Junie B. Jones. She put orange juice in her cereal. She was just a cool girl. Sometimes I think about all those, like, childhood novels that we read that just, like, had, like, a... Like, Lauren, remember Magic Treehouse? Okay, why didn't you ask me? I remember. Kate, do you remember Magic Treehouse? Yes, thank you for asking. <laughs> I... I'm so sad that I'm now, you know, 25 almost. I can't go back and read those books. But yes, I, want, you can. I want to know how the series ended. Why can't you? I just feel like it's not worth my time. You totally could. I would support you if you read The Magic Treehouse. But there's like a million of them. Just read the last one. But I, I gotta know how we got there. And lastly, this episode is the highest rated episode of the series tied with the season three finale. So it's all downhill from here. Is it really? The highest up, yeah. wow. 9.7 I... out of 10 on IMDb. I don't disagree with that. I do think it's probably one of my favorites so far. Hey, I know you don't remember this show well enough, but like, what is your favorite episode? Have we passed it? Is it coming? I'm thinking super hard right now. I don't think there was any one episode that I watched and I was like, wow, that was really good. So I, I wouldn't say that I have one. 
Do you have a favorite moment? Do you have a favorite anything? I feel like every time we have this conversation of like, what's your favorite movie, TV show, dish? I do have favorite things. You know I have favorite things. Yeah, but it's never something I There's just, there's not enough girls in this for me to like it. Like, my favorite movies are Lady Bird, Little Women, and La La Land. I love the girlies. My favorite show, Fleabag. My favorite episode, oh, I do like, I wouldn't say that's like my favorite, but I do really like it. Yeah, predominantly women. Um, my favorite episode of television is definitely from Fleabag. It's the first day. episode of season two, I think, is so good. We should rewatch mm-hmm. Fleabag. Yeah, we should. So, yeah, I do have favorite things. I fear this is not one of them. <laughs> well, like you said, there's not enough women. Yeah, if there were more girlies in it, I might really like it. Unlike Laws. Nope. Unlike Lauren Gets Lost. To date, I'm the only man to appear on this series. It's true. Just please come on, Dad. All right, let's kick it off. The helicopter makes its way to the freighter. As Desmond looks at a photo of him and Penny and Saeed asks Lapidus about the bearing that Faraday has made for him. He calls it a cheat sheet. Following the bearing, they fly into a thunderstorm, which Saeed immediately questions. Saeed sees the photo and asks if it's Penny, and then says Charlie told him that she does not know anything about the boat, so what is he expecting to find when they land? And Desmond simply says, answers. They hit some rough air and bounce around, slipping off the bearing, and Lapidus tells them to hold on, so Desmond grips the seat, when suddenly, he's gripping his bed as his drill instructor is telling him to wake up. He's dazed and confused, and he's the last to meet his mark. The CEO asks what took him so long, and Desmond says that he had a dream that he was in a helicopter. The CEO says at least it was a bloody military dream. And then he tells them to go to the yard. Outside doing their morning workout in the rain, one of Des's teammates says he hopes that the dream was worth it, and Desmond says that he is sorry, but it felt so vivid, unlike anything he has experienced before, and it felt like he was actually there. His CEO asks what he's talking about, when suddenly he's back on the helicopter. What did you think about this, Lauren? I thought it was really interesting. And also, uh, his CEO, I'm pretty sure, was an outlander. And other things. Never seen it. It's good. When they flew directly into the Thunderhead, did you just assume it was because they have to follow that bearing at all costs? Yes. Why didn't... Can you fly over a Thunderhead? Like I don't know that a helicopter could get that high. Oh, that's a good point. On the helicopter, they're nearing the end of the storm, and Desmond starts taking off his seatbelt, and Saeed asks if he is okay. Desmond asks who he is and how he knows his name in a panic and i have to say i don't know if it's just because desmond's always yelling but he always is just like quick to freaking the fuck out like a little later when he's like i don't know you i was like that was so relatable though lauren how do you feel about an amnesia storyline not that that essentially is what this is not my favorite it's kind of just frustrating to watch were you okay with it in this one i was okay with it because it was like, they didn't dwell on it for too long. But when he was freaking out, I just was like, uh, I don't know. I get frustrated during scenes like that because it's just like nothing really that you can do to calm a person down like that. But it still seems like no one never does the right thing. Back on the beach, a frustrated Jack asks how they have not heard from Saeed or Desmond despite the helicopter leaving over a day ago. 
Charlotte says, again, she does not know because she is with them. She asks why they insist she knows what's wrong. And Juliet says, because she's not worried. Juliet says that they should have been to the boat in about 20 minutes and asks Charlotte again why she is not worried. Charlotte shows her wicked side and gets a little snippy, which Faraday shuts down and says that they should just tell them. Charlotte says that that would just confuse them, and Juliet gets snippy back, saying if they just talk slowly, they will understand. Faraday says the perception of how long the helicopter has been gone is not how long they've actually been gone. Jack asks what that means, and Charlotte says that this is a mistake. Faraday says that as long as Lapidus stays on the bearing, everything will be fine. And Jack asks what happens if they don't, and Faraday says there may be side effects. This upset me because Charlotte is, like, deep in the lie, which I respect. And Faraday goes, should we tell them? Right in front of their faces. Now they know there's something to be told. Like, you couldn't have pulled her off to the side and asked that? Come on, let the girl lie. Sidebar. (laughs) Yeah. Which is a natural segue to this question. Lauren, how do we feel about Charlotte and Faraday now? Still like them. Really? She's bitchy and I like it. Why do you think she's so against telling them? Because like, it's like need to know information, you know? Why scare them? I also feel like it's kind of like, like it's a batshit thing to say. True. It's one of those things that could just cause panic if you don't understand it. What confuses me is how Charlotte understands it. She's an anthropologist, not a physicist. Anthropologists are smart. Yeah, but like smart people are smart in their field. Physics is like a really complicated topic. But yeah, but she, she doesn't could... need to know the intricacies of it. Exactly. She could just understand that it it is. She doesn't have to understand why it is. But Jack and Juliet are both doctors, so they're smart. So the fact that like she's like, let's not confuse them. Because yeah, but... I'm sure that Faraday didn't just give her like two sentences and was like, and that's what it is. Exactly. Like they probably don't have the energy to like sit them down and tell them the whole story. Plus, they don't know them. They're these randos they found on an island. They're in their home. It's actually Ben's home. It's actually not Ben's home. <laughs> okay, this is something that Kate and I kind of tipped about today. What are your thoughts on the the whole like time is relative thing? Um, elaborate, please. A lot of this episode's like holes in logic, you can just fill in by saying, oh, time is relative. And like how, like the whole, like the whole thing about how Faraday doesn't remember their interaction in the future. And basically what it boils down to is everything that happened in 1996 did happen. It always happened. It's just they didn't know that it happened until it did. The thing that I like, I guess a love-hate relationship, but I think mostly love, about the concept of, like, time travel is that it actually makes no fucking sense to me. And, like, Andrew and I will watch movies like that, and he'll try to kind of understand the, like, explain the concepts to me. And I'm like, I don't get it, but I love it. So (laughs) this whole idea of, like, okay, this sequence of events happened and this sequence of events happened and they both lead to here and they both happened but you know it it's almost like different like dimensions or something like crazy that like that and i just think it's cool and i don't have to get it and the thing is it's all made up so who cares they can just say whatever they want 
Are you more of a fan of the closed loop time travel storyline where like in this show, everything that happened happened and it just always was that way or paradox where it's like, if I go back in time and blow up my time machine, then I never had a time machine to go back in time and blow up my time machine. Therefore the fabric of reality kind of just unwinds. I think those types of things frustrate me more than like what happened in this episode where it was like, you can't change the future because when you do get into that kind of like almost butterfly effect, I know that's not what the butterfly effect is, but it's like, I I don't know if you've read the Stephen King book. It's a date and I don't remember the actual title, but it's basically about a guy who can go back in time and he's trying to kill. He's trying to stop the JFK assassination essentially and he tries it over and over and every time he tries it's like a reset and then when he finally spoiler alert um when he finally succeeds and he thinks oh i've done this great thing for history he comes back to present day and it's basically like a dystopian society like all of these things have led to another thing which have led to another thing and now it's like terrible and it's like does he start over again and those types of things frustrate me because I feel like you get more contradictions with with that than if you're just like, no, you can't change the future or whatever. You know what I mean? I like closed loop as well. Kate? I also do like closed loop because I, I don't like um, that movie. What's that movie that we watched? Totally Killers. Totally Killers. I didn't love how when she went back in time and then like came back, she just like had like a random brother and like her name was different like I think that's kind of stupid I did kind of like though how they did in that one where like the time in the past was moving while the time in the present was moving at the same time so I thought that was interesting I think the thing that frustrated me about this was them not remembering what had already happened in the past was what I didn't like because it already happened so I'm kind of like does I mean I you might know the answer to this does Desmond remember being at whatever basic training was um and like waking up and like having vivid dreams does he remember that he remembers it now that it's happened to him also in the future so that period of time then in the past he was just like blacked out see i wonder because we know that he goes to jail for not obeying orders i'm wondering if he went to jail for going awol but they said he had a a two-day like yeah but like if he blacks out comes to after in 1996 he talks to penny and then in 2004 he talks to penny and resyncs everything and now he's like no idea what's going on he might just assume he blacked out and ran away but i feel like it would be a bigger story that he blacked out and ended up in jail yeah like i feel like that's something i I will admit i feel like that's a bit of a hole I think that's what like frustrated me was like that's why I think it would have been nicer if it was two episodes to kind of explain like what did he think was going on when he was at like does he remember being at basic he just doesn't remember like the dreams and now he remembers like the other half of the dreams and can connect everything like did him him and Penny just never spoke again like he had no idea that she knew that she talked to him and that he was gonna call her in eight years like yeah like it there's definitely some some holes there i mean the faraday thing is explained by the fact that he's having memory issues and that's been established desmond's thing i mean like we talked about like why does penny just randomly like want him back all of a sudden and well, I, I thought we were gonna talk about that what happened okay yeah we'll, 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 come back, we'll circle back to this we'll circle back to this 
Um, I will say, as much as I love Closed Loop, my favorite time travel movie is Back to the Future, which is not Closed Loop. So I was gonna, I did. I'm not even kidding. I googled because the constant reminded me a lot of Inception when they have to have like that object to like know where they are. Um. And so I literally Googled, I was like, which one came out before which? Constant came out way before Inception. So go off, Lost Writers. Maybe Inception got their idea from the Constant. Maybe. (laughs) I actually thought the same thing about Inception because when they're like, oh, time is different here. So, and the same thing with when he's traveling back and forth, he was gone for over an hour, but he only experienced five minutes. I was like, oh, it's like Inception. I love Inception. So this is what I'm saying. I think if it was longer and better explained, I would have loved this. I just think that there were too many things that I was like, what the fuck? But I just didn't like it. I wonder if this concept could survive as a series, like on its own. Mm, Would it just be different people experiencing it multiple times? Like one long experience? Maybe like an anthology miniseries of like six episodes of one person doing this and every season someone else? I feel like that would get old. Maybe a limited series one season. I think more of a movie because it's like how much can you do with that same concept? Yeah. It's true. So I I liked the concept. I didn't like the execution. I'll say that. That's fair. It's the same thing about that Justin Timberlake movie in time. I don't think I saw that. It's fucking terrible. Desmond continues to freak out and Saeed holds him down. Lapidus tells him to keep away from the stick as they get closer to the freighter. And Desmond is confused as hell, but then he finds the photo of him and Penny in his hand. When they land, Saeed tucks his gun and Kimi asks, why Lapidus came back, and why he brought survivors of 815 back with him. Desmond continues to freak the hell out and ask where he is and who everyone is. Saeed tells the freighter crew that Desmond is disoriented, calling him his friend, and Desmond yells that they are not friends, and he does not know him. And I do think it's funny, because I feel like Desmond and Saeed have had, like, maybe three scenes together in the entire series, and this is just a fun pair because they don't interact ever. And now they like basically are spending their time together exclusively. <laughs> Kimi asks what the hell happened. And Frank says that he was fine when they left, but they had some bad weather. And he explains that Faraday said they would be fine if they stayed on the vector. Kimi then gives his man a signal to take Desmond to the sick bay, but Saeed stands in his way. Kimi says they're going to have Desmond be looked at by their doctor. And Saeed says he wants to go with, but Kimi gives him his word that they will take him to the doctor after he's looked at. Frank gives Saeed a nod to just listen, and Saeed steps out of the way, and Desmond tells the crew he does not know who Saeed is, and he's not supposed to be here, and now he's back in the yard doing drills. What do you think of the freighter and its crew? It seem sketchy. The guy in that, like, Bro tank, I recognize him from something. And yeah, I don't know. They seem like they're up to no good. He and the guy who plays Tom were side villain characters in that movie Wild Hogs with Tim Allen. Oh yeah. You ever seen Wild Hogs, Kate? No. No. That was a family favorite. Desmond is now standing instead of doing his crunches, and his CEO asks if he would rather be running, so he orders all his men to do a 10K. Could you imagine 
one of our one of our goals for the year is to run a 5k could you imagine screwing up so bad that you just now have to run a 10k yes i can because my high school field hockey coach was a bitch coach alex if you're listening i would say it again anyways we would have two mile tuesdays um where on tuesdays we'd run two miles then we would have games and on our games, she had like this point system. And first of all, she would start us with negative points. That's so unfair. And like each time we did something bad, she added a lap around the track. And so, but we'd start at like negative two. So it was already two and a half. And then every time we do something bad, like, oh, it's another lap. Oh, it's another lap. And then she'd say, if you do something good, you can earn points. But she never said that we did anything good. And then come two mile Tuesday, when we have like four miles to run, we would throw up. Because she was making us run so much. And if any time any girl on the team threw up, another lap. So yes, actually, I can't imagine running that much as punishment. I didn't realize that you were in the military. It felt like it. It really did. Literally sophomore year of high school field hockey. One of Desmond's squad mates tells him to run or he will kill him himself. After the run, Desmond and Billy are loading supplies onto a truck. And Billy asks him what the hell is wrong. Desmond tells him that when they were in the yard, he left and ended up on a boat. And then suddenly he was back. Billy accuses him of trying to get tossed from service, but Desmond says that he is telling the truth. Billy asks who else was on the boat if he saw anyone he recognized, and Desmond remembers the photo of Penny. He runs to the phone booth, and one of his squad mates bumps into him as payback for this morning and knocks his coins out of his hands. Desmond bends down to pick them up, when suddenly Kimi is telling Desmond to watch his step as he tries to grab a coin that is not there. Desmond says that he is not here and none of this is real, and Kimi tells him that this is real, but they are going to take him to be looked at. Desmond asks who they are and where they are, and we meet Kimi and Omar officially. They say they last ported in Fiji, so they are certain that they're still in the Pacific. They reach the sick bay and tell him to relax and lock him in there while they go to get the doctor. Desmond bangs on the door when a man strapped to the bed asks him if it's happening to him too. Thoughts on this random strapped man? Uh, I just thought, wow, that doesn't bode well for old Desi boy. I mean, at that point, he Mikowski didn't seem that bad. He was just strapped. Yeah, but the strapped down part, like they were like, oh, we're going to take you to the doctor. Here's a man being restrained. Said examines the boat and the people on the boat, especially as Kimi is chewing out Lapidus and then leaves. Said asks him what happened to Desmond, saying he thinks Kimi knows, and Frank says that if he does, they are not telling him. Said says maybe he could explain how they took off at dusk and landed in the middle of the day. You can make a TikTok edit to this, but that song is like, he knows, he knows, I know he knows, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Anyways, that's me doing my job as a producer. let that be noted (laughs) speaking of which lauren you may recall that uh, a while ago i made a tiktok about you getting predictions right like seasons in advance i'm proud to say that at the end of the season you will finally be able to watch that tiktok oh that's exciting so i haven't predicted anything in the last two seasons (laughs) so they're not dead the whole time Fuck off. (laughs) Frank says he does not know what happened, but to trust him when he says he is trying to help them. 
And Said says if this is true, he should give him the phone so he can call his people on the beach. And Lapidus tells him to give him the gun in exchange. Would you have made this trade? Uh, uh I don't know. That's hard. I mean, like, it ends up being like a really good thing, but that's a tricky one. I feel like the gun was gonna get taken off him eventually just because there's so many of them. Might as well get something out of it. True. So what's he gonna do? Shoot everyone on the ship? At least 15 of them. Yeah, but you shoot 15 and then you're stuck on the ship with everyone who hates you because you just shot 15 of the people <laughs> that they came with on the ship. That's a very good point. Thank you. Yeah, I guess trading the gun was the smart thing to do. <laughs> Saeed's so smart, he probably brought it as a bargaining chip. They make the swap and Saeed calls the beach. Jack answers and asks if he's okay and Saeed tells them about Desmond, so Jack throws him on speaker. Saeed explains what is happening with Desmond and Jack asks if this is one of the side effects that De Faraday mentioned. Faraday asks if Desmond was recently exposed to high levels of radiation or electromagnetism. Whoop whoop, magnets! <laughs> Which no one confirms, or maybe just no one really knows, but I feel like they should. But Faraday says that they do not know why, but for some reason, going to and from the island can cause people to be confused. And Juliet asks if this is amnesia, and Faraday decisively says no. So, other than woot woot, did you have a reaction to the mention of the electromagnetism again? Is this what you were referencing earlier? No. I, I feel like that's kind of like a... We've been through that. No, this is not what I was referencing. What do you think causes what I'm going to call the time barrier around the island that makes it so they have to follow a specific bearing? Oh, I could not possibly speculate. My question is, does the submarine follow this bearing? How did they not get fucked up when the plane crashed? How did Desmond not get fucked up when he washed up on the island? When they attempted to leave on the raft, was that not a problem? I wonder, like, okay, so how long has this boat been here? Because maybe the whole button thing was actually controlling this phenomenon or like, you know, kind of easing the situation. And maybe that's how Dharma was gonna was able to come and go from the island without you know being at risk, and that's why they had to push the button all the time. And then since the button and all of that got destroyed, now it's like a big problem. Desmond waves his hand in front of the man's face, asking if he can hear him. He wakes up and says that he was on a Ferris wheel. The doctor enters, and the man tells him that he is not crazy because it's happening to Desmond too. It's going to happen to everyone once they start going back to the island. Dr. Ray sticks him with a sedative and knocks him out as he screams that nothing can stop it. Dr. Ray asks how Desmond is feeling, and naturally Desmond freaks the fuck out, and he is not saying he is not going to get stuck. And I feel like a common or a recurring question that happened in this episode was people just asking, like, what the fuck is going on? At one point, Saeed's just like, when this is done, someone just has to explain what the fuck's happening. I noticed something in this scene that might be minuscule and I might be reading into it too much. But he said, when we start going back to the island. Which would insinuate that they had been there before. Maybe. Maybe. 
You may recognize Dr. Ray from a TV show that we always watched. CSI. CSI. Ah, that's what it is. I got it before you said it. I'm way smarter than you. It was Eckel who ran the uh, day team of the CSI team in Vegas. Dr. Ray says he doesn't want to stick him with anything. He just wants to check his eyes. He uses a flashlight and Dr. Ray asks him, what's the last thing he remembers? And then suddenly he's back in the rain and picks up his coins. He makes a call to Penny, who, when she answers and realizes it's Desmond, immediately becomes cold. Desmond says he thinks something happened to him and he's confused, but he needs to see her. And Penny says that he broke up with her and then joined the army. And the fact that he thinks he ca- that she still cares about him means he's definitely confused. Desmond asks if he can see her when he takes his leave, and Penny says no, and don't come to the flat, she moved. Desmond asks where, and she says it doesn't not matter, and tells him not to call, and then Desmond says that he does not, that she does not understand he needs her. That last sentence came out back in the present day. I feel like Penny is the most well-adjusted person ever. She's basically just like, I'm done. Except she's not, obviously. Because they haven't talked yet. Anyways. Am I getting the vibe that you're a Penny hater? No, I'm not a Penny hater. I just didn't like this storyline. It didn't make sense. <laughs> Dr. Ray asks if he just experienced something. Exper- experienced? I- Did I say it wrong or right? You said it right. Good for me. <laughs> Lapidus and Saeed come in with Faraday on the phone, and Saeed pins the doctor against the wall when he tries to kick them out. So Echol, nope. Dr. Ray hits the alarm. (laughs) Desmond takes the phone and talks to Faraday. And Faraday asks him what year he thinks it is. 1996. That shocked me because 1996 was like a whole century ago in my head. I know (laughs) it wasn't. That's when I was born. (laughs) That just almost 40 years ago. Stop. I was thinking about that. I was like, wow, a decent bit of this episode takes place in the 90s. And then I was like, pretty much all of the flashbacks take place in the 90s. Speaking of being called elderly, you know what mom said to me the other day? What'd she say to you? We weren't even talking about this topic, first of all. And then she was like, yeah, when are you going to stop babysitting? Because I do that on the side for money. And she was like, when are you going to stop babysitting? You're almost 30. Ouch, mom. Ouch. Sorry, a girl needs money. Our childhood babysitters were in their 30s. No, they were quite young. You just, well, like our family daycare ones. Yeah, because that was like their, that was like their whole thing. You know, I'm talking about, I do this as a side gig. And she was like, aren't you a little old for that? (laughs) Shut up. Well, maybe if our other side gig was bringing in money, give us money? money. Subscribe to the podcast? Hey, producer Kate, you should be coming up with ideas to make it so people would want to pay us, like what we could give to them in exchange. Stop trying to Anything? prostitute your girlfriend. <laughs> it's not what I'll I was getting pick. <laughs> I'll send you videos of my feet. I have a scar in case you're into that. I, okay. I have been telling Kate for months that she should sell feet pics. I did, but previously I have been a seller of feet pics. Um, but I don't have my my client base anymore, if you will. 
Plus, that was pre-scar. Not sure they'd be into it post-scar. I feel like people would still want the scar. There's there's a niche. There, there's a there's a niche out there for everyone, and I feel like scarred feet is one of them. Right. It's I'm also, just saying, like, I don't have the people anymore. It's also a really good way to get a stalker. I was um going through my Google Photos and I like clicked to share something and it was like this name that I like didn't recognize. And I was like, who the hell is this? And then I remembered that when I was selling feet pics, uh, that was the fake name that I was using. So I had a separate Gmail account with a fake name. And that's how I would like send, I would literally email these people like pictures and videos. How much? And I found it and I was like, I was like, oh my God, I forgot about that. How much did you make? It was, I don't remember how much your pictures, but I remember it would, I would do a video for 50 bucks. How many videos did you sell? Just one, but I kept, I sold the same one. How many times? But to how many, how many times? I don't, I don't remember. She's sitting on a fortune. She's making me pay most of the rent. Okay. I told you, I don't like, I don't talk to these, these people anymore. I didn't even remember my, my alias. But yeah, I think it was a really great way to make money because like you don't even really have to do anything freaky and like they never see your face. Like they don't even have to know your name. You just, just you can live with the fact feet. that people out there gherkin their jerk into your feet. I absolutely can. Yes. Who For cares? $50 a video. For people sure. People sit on the subway and, and jerk their gherkin to girls just sitting there like trying to commute Yeah, at to least work. this was consensual. Exactly. And you made money off of it. Yeah. Would you ever sell feet pics, Lauren? Um, I'm not opposed to the idea. I don't know that I would personally, but like, if I needed money and it was an option, yeah, sure. I've learned that there's very little I wouldn't do for money. Mm, I tried to go down the sugar baby path after my... It, it was a pipeline, you know? It was the selling feet pick to sugar baby path. And feet picks are a gateway drug. I don't know. It was just you would meet these old men and you were just like, oh my God. It was like the heebie-jeebies. So I couldn't do that. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I tried really hard. It was... And then they... God, and old men are the most annoying texters in the universe like they literally would text me like a hundred fucking times the most annoying text in the universe and then you wouldn't respond and they would start calling you shut up i just want you to pay me oh my god and then they'd send you like selfies and they'd be like wish you were here next to me Ugh. <laughs> it was like it wasn't clicking that like i i wasn't interested i just wanted them to pay me so I tried the lifestyle. It wasn't for me. If you're capable of being a sugar baby, you are so strong because I couldn't do it. I remember though, this, the time that when I stopped being a sugar baby, it was because I'd been talking to this one man for a while and he sent me this scary ass picture of himself. This was when I still lived in Florida. So like they're extra scary men because they're from florida and he no was city florida listeners i'm sorry there. yeah no actually i'm not sorry i stand by that um he was like old um and he sent me this scary ass picture of himself in a jacuzzi on like this giant empty plot of land in the dark and was like wish you were here in in the middle of nowhere in the dark in your scary ass jacuzzi 
I was like, that is enough. Oh, and I it's like that episode of Always Sunny. I never went back to trying to be a sugar baby ever again. I was like, that's enough. Thank you. Goodbye. Have you guys seen that clip from Always Sunny where it's just like, oh, we're gonna buy this boat so we'll have sex with women because we'll take the boat out onto the ocean and they're not gonna say no because of the implication. <laughs> Maybe that was what he was thinking. Maybe he was like, This is really gonna get her like a romantic jacuzzi in the in like the middle of nowhere. And I saw it and I was like if I went, I'm bringing a gun. So <laughs> no. subscribe to the Lauren Gets Lost podcast, everyone, for feet pics, and Kate will be your sugar baby. No, I've retired from that life. I'll be your sugar baby. <laughs> so I was once asked to be a sugar baby. Mm-hmm. And my what? low self-esteem. By a man or a woman? By a woman. Wow. Yeah. I think I could be a sugar baby to a woman. I think my issue was I was going only for men. Well, it's because men are threatening. They are. I, my on. low self-esteem just assumed it was a a, a, a scam or something. Well, how'd you get asked? On Instagram. Okay, I'm going to be so honest. It was probably a scam. Yeah, I it, was assumed a scam. it was a scam. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I didn't interact with the person. I just deleted the, oh. the message. Okay, time out here. What the fuck do you mean, how'd I get asked? How'd you get asked? <laughs> For me to know and you to wonder. People just, like, like... A name that we will not say, someone that we know, is a sugar baby, aren't they? <clears throat> this is non-sponsored. It's called Seeking Arrangements. Oh, I've heard of them, actually. Mm-hmm. And that's how I, I found people to sell feet pics to also on that website. I think we need to get back into this, Kate. This the this is going to sound a little bit creepy, um, because it is, but it played to my advantage. If you're in college... And you register with your college email address and you're a sugar baby, you get like a free premium membership. Wow. Which is what I did because I went to school in Gainesville and there are no jobs in Gainesville. I once applied to a Panera and got denied because the other girl who applied had a bachelor's degree and full open availability. And I said, this is a Panera. So I literally couldn't get a job anywhere. And so I went to seekingarrangements.com and I made some money. So you do what you have to do. I also applied at Panera and was rejected because I had one tattoo and they said, we don't hire people with tattoos. And I said, okay. And then I worked at a daycare. So different paths for different people. But <laughs> different paths. <laughs> was it the one on Lane? Yeah, it was right next to my apartment. I was like, this is perfect. I could just walk to work because I didn't have a car. And I was like, and I love Panera. So I went in there and they didn't even let me. It was like they were doing open interviews. And I went up and I was like, I'm here for the open interviews. And they were like, okay, let me go get the manager. And then they came back and they were like, actually, you have a tattoo. And I was like, yes, I do. Thank you. How astute of you. Wait a minute. When you lived by the Panera on Lane, the shithole? Uh, yeah. That's a story for flashback. Yeah, it is. That's a good one. That's a great story. So subscribe to the Lauren Gets Lost podcast so we never have to have this long-ass conversation again. I'm really bad because every time I'm on the podcast, I'm like, we need to be quick. And then I go off topic like five billion times. So my apologies. 
all that because we said 1996. Wow. Wow. Desmond says he is at Camp Miller. Jack tries to butt in, but Faraday tells him to stop. I, I can't. Jack, what, what do you think you're going to add to this conversation? I could have strangled him. Like, why? Why are you trying to talk? And, and why was that even written into the scene? Just to remind me that I fucking hate Jack. Nailed it. I mean, it's very, it's very Jack of him to do. I, I feel like I mean, it would have been a plot hole if Jack didn't do that. They're at least consistent with his character because, oh my God. Faraday tells Desmond that when he goes back to 1996, he needs to go to Oxford University to find him. Thoughts? I thought it was awesome. And I also like that in the next scene, they don't waste any time with how he got there. He's just there. Thank you. Yeah. That did make me wonder, though. I was like, I know, like, the UK is, like, not that big, but, like, how close is everything? Because he was just, <laughs> he was a hop, skip, and a, <laughs> what is it? A hop, skip, jump. and jump. Yeah, he's a hop, skip, and a jump away from everywhere he yeah, needs to go. Like, it, it happens in a little bit, but he, like, wakes up, goes on leave, changes, gets on a train, so that, gets that's to Oxford. Part of my question, does he remember taking the train to... Like, is he just, like, blacking out on periods and, like, in the past, he's like, oh, I'm on a train. My guess is everything between him waking up and him leaving pennies, he just doesn't remember. But, I mean, like, they they were they were talking about how, like, his gaps in time were, like, were getting progressively longer in the past compared to the future. But this was, like, had to be a day <laughs> or half a day at least. He went all the way to fucking Oxford and found From where, Friday. though? From north of Glasgow, Glasgow, he said. I'm Googling this because the UK is very small. It's small, but like, it's not like he was able to just get on a train the second he got there. Yeah, that's not how the military works. You can't like, I know he had leave, but it's not that easy. I mean, at least I know for the US military, it's not that easy. I I feel like he can't just- seven hours. Mm. I have to imagine that he like went back and forth a few times in that attempt. But At least they have a train. Before we get any further, we need to talk about how Faraday finds his journal. And again, Jack tries to butt in. He, he asks why Desmond thinks he's in 96, and Faraday says that the effect is random. Sometimes it's a few hours between the splits. Sometimes it's years. Jack asks the obvious question, this has happened before. Faraday takes the phone back as Kimi arrives and tries to break down the door. And Faraday tells Desmond to tell his younger self to set the machine to 2.342 and make sure it oscillates at 11 hertz, whatever the fuck that means. And he says, if that does not work, tell him he knows about Eloise. Right then, Kimi breaks in and starts to wrestle the phone from his hand. So that's when he comes to in the phone booth, wrestles for the phone, gets on the train, somehow gets all the way to Oxford without snapping back. Actually, we know for a fact he didn't snap back because... When this conversation is over with Faraday, Keeney wrestles the phone out of his hand again. Do you think the whole seven-hour train ride, he was like, 2.342, (laughs) 2.342? And if anybody spoke to him, he was like, ah, (laughs) 2.342! I feel like the entire seven-hour train ride, I would just be like, maybe it's done. (laughs) Maybe I'm good. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> Maybe that was just a crazy time. <laughs> I got I to lay off the sauce. I've been on this room for seven hours and nothing's happened. <laughs> he finds Faraday, and apparently they have switched hair. Because now Faraday has got it like down to his fucking oh, shoulders. I was going to say, I don't like short hair Desmond. You don't like short hair Des? Mm-mm, I like long hair Desmond. I do too. When you... he had short hair, I was like, ah, jump scare. <laughs> <laughs> Faraday is just reading this student to filth. And Desmond tells Oh, him, slay queen. He's reading him to filth. <laughs> I almost said Saeed was standing on business earlier, but I thought that might be too much. <laughs> When when Omar tries to like grab Desmond, I was like, Said was standing on business. And I was like, backspace, backspace, backspace. <laughs> I know that I'm only 24, but I feel like if I try to like talk in like slang, I'm like, I'm 40. He dialed up Penny and he had Riz. <laughs> Riz is dead, Kate. Move on. Riz is alive. You really? Know, and you know what? <laughs> Faraday turned around and he thought to himself, Yeah. <laughs> You know what I you know what I try to bring back consistently? Mm-hmm. YOLO. I say YOLO. I'm all the time. constantly trying to bring back YOLO and the dab. I feel like when those were in, it was a good time to be alive. You do dab a lot. I do dab. You kids keep me young. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pushing about 40 that sometimes as you when know. we hang out with Desmond. Desmond. When we hang out with Desmond. <laughs> I love hanging out with Desmond. So, He's so oh silly. my god. Devin. <laughs> Because it was like, we're always like, we're going to karaoke night. And we're like, Devin, come on out. How old you is know, Devin? She's, you know, Lauren's age, almost 40. Because Rachel's like the same age. And Nick is even older. That's a good point. Yeah. Devin has no excuse. Yeah, she has no excuse. What's she, what, she afraid of getting fired? She's probably going to quit that job anyway. <laughs> Desmond tells him that he came from the future. Which Faraday immediately thinks is a prank by a peer, so Desmond tells him about the numbers and how he knows about Eloise. They go upstairs, and Faraday shows him the maze, the machine, and Eloise the rat. I feel like it's a very fancy name for a rat. I like it. I think that's something I would do. Name a rat Eloise? Mm-hmm. Well, you named your fish Ladyfish. Mm-hmm. Because she's a lady. She is, yes. Call the rat Ellie. No, I don't like that. Faraday says that this is where he does the things that Oxford frowns upon, and then asks if his future self referenced their meeting and remembers it. Desmond says no, he did not seem to remember. Perhaps he just forgot. Faraday says, yeah, right. And Desmond asks if what they're doing right now is currently changing the future. And Faraday says, you cannot change the future. He puts on a lead vest for radiation exposure. Desmond asks for one, and Dan says that he does this 20 times a day, and it's to prevent long-term exposure. Desmond then asks the obvious question, what do you put on your head? I'm assuming that this radiation exposure is why he's having, like, memory issues in present day. That would be a good assumption. Astute observation. (laughs) I'm very smart. You're like Willie Pretty. What are you, like, 14, 15? (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. What a pretty girl like you doing in Orlando, Florida. Another day. (laughs) Another victory of an OG. (laughs) (laughs) We keep you young, Lauren. I knew most of those. Um, No, (laughs) I didn't. I knew like 30%. Most of those were just ours. 
Oh, no, okay. that, that makes me feel better then. They're from TikTok. Yeah, but. From the trenches of TikTok. Yeah, but we've made them ours. From 23 hours a day to screen time TikTok. You remember when my I showed you my screen time and you it was like dramatically lower than yours and you were like, what the fuck? In my defense, though, I work from home. So I just like turn on like Netflix or Hulu on my phone. And I just like prop it up. So like in a work day, it'll be like you were on your phone for six, seven hours. But it's like it wasn't really on my phone for you call me an ipad baby you gotta watch tv while you work i don't have to i challenge you to go a week without doing it why would i if i don't have to (laughs) i don't watch tv the whole time i can stop whatever i want this is what i do i start my mornings with some npr no we're not we're not going through kate's morning routine (laughs) subscribe to the lauren gets lost youtube channel if you want to see kate's morning routine oh my god should i make a get ready with me let me know if you want to see a get ready with me (laughs) (laughs) We all should just vlog our day. Oh my god, oh, yeah. We did <laughs> and then I sat and watched TikToks for four hours while I should have been doing anything else with my time. Nobody wants to see my day. Read faster. Faraday grabs Eloise and puts her under the machine, which Faraday explains will unstick her in time, like Desmond. He lights her up, and then when she comes back, he releases her into the maze. She runs through it perfectly which amazes Faraday. Desmond is confused, but Faraday says that he just finished the maze this morning and he will not teach it to her for another hour. He set her mind to the future, which makes me wonder, a little bit later when he blacks out, does he then have to teach Eloise the maze? I literally was thinking the same thing. I was like, she already knows it. So is he going to just teach her again? And how did he, how did he know? Was he just like in his brain, he's like, I'm going to teach this rat. And then she knew it, and he was like, I was going to do that. Well, I mean, obviously he planned <laughs> on doing it. I, I wrote that down in my calendar. I was going to do that. But I feel like that does create a paradox, because Desmond passes out for 75 minutes, and when he comes to, Eloise is dead. So no. he has to teach her that maze in 75 minutes? No, 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 so no. So going to do it in an hour or so. This is what I'm telling you. I don't think that he has to teach her now, because in the timeline, like... He sent her to the future in a timeline where he was going to. And then he said, you can't change the future. So like, I think you, I think by him saying that, that's like, you can't change the future and you also can't change the past, but like, also you can, <laughs> hold on, I'm not making any sense. Um, hold on. Um, I feel like, okay, because you guys were talking earlier. I was only half listening because I was on the phone. You guys were talking earlier about like, well, does Desmond now have memories of being at like boot camp and like having these flashes and waking up? And does he remember getting on the train to go see Penny? Does he remember telling Penny about the blah, 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 blah? But I feel like, no, I feel like it happened. It did happen, but it doesn't affect future Desmond's memories. You know what I mean? No. Ah, i'll try again later (laughs) you're saying that he doesn't remember them so he just all he he's lost to that time i think if they want me to believe that because faraday says that he won't remember having that conversation 
with Desmond, right? No, he says he we I must have referenced this conversation to you. And Desmond says, you did not remember it. Right. I think that just because they go back and do something in the past, they said you can't alter the future, right? They said that, right? You can't change right. the future. So that would mean that you can't change the person's memories in the future. That would be changing the future. But are you changing memories or are you just now remembering them? That would be changing it. That would be a no, change can... in the future. Okay, let me ask you something. If if you, It's not the same thing, but if you go to therapy and you unlock a memory that was locked away due to trauma, you're not changing history. You're just remembering something that was blocked. Theoretically, yeah, but, that, but that's different because in that timeline, that event always happened. You just didn't remember it. And th that event didn't always happen. It happened because they went back and did it. And then if he but all of a sudden says is, is the opposite. Faraday is saying everything that happened did happen. He just didn't remember it. But why? Because you cannot change the future. It's closed Ex loop. Exactly. So what I'm saying is like it happened, but they're not going to remember that it happened because you can't affect the future like that. But I mean, now it doesn't affect the future because it happened at the point of Desmond speaking to Penny. He should be able to remember everything. No, because that would affect the future. How? At that point, it's present day. That's the future compared to the past. No, I'm saying present day 04 Desmond should now remember everything that happened in his entirety because it has now happened to him, not 96 Desmond. No, I'm not saying 96 Desmond. I'm saying 04 Desmond can't remember that he went back in time and talked to Penny like, he can't remember that happening because that didn't happen originally. 04 Desmond lived on a timeline. No, do you understand what I'm saying? No, because it, it, it once Desmond has the conversation with Penny, everything that has happened has happened. It's not going to affect the future anymore because it's the past. So at the <laughs> point of the conversation ending, he should theoretically be allowed to remember everything. It's not going to affect the future in any capacity. But because that is happened. the future. The future is him remembering. So of course it is affecting the future. How, is, affecting the fu how is him remembering the past, the future? <laughs> I'm confusing myself. But I don't know why you think thoughts and actions are different. Because thoughts and actions are different. When you remember something, you are not remembering it in 100% clarity. You misremember details. No, but that doesn't matter. Like, it, it's still, it's like, I'm not gonna... Okay, this is this, this is the last thing I'm gonna say. And, like, I want the, the listeners to, like, I'm totally fine to be wrong on this because I'm confusing myself. But, okay, I am me. And I remember that I had yogurt for breakfast, okay? And then right now my consciousness goes back in time and they put yummy banana bread in the fridge and it causes me to go wake up that morning and eat the banana bread. If then future me or present me all of a sudden remembers I ate banana bread for breakfast, that is a change. That changed. My memory changed. So it affected the future. The future being 
relative to the past when I ate the the breakfast. Okay, that makes sense. But the problem with what you're saying is that's Desmond doesn't remember that he had yogurt. Desmond has a gap in his memory. Now that he has gone back in time and put the banana bread in his fridge and he has eaten the banana bridge and resynced his brain, he now knows that in that gap, he put the banana bread in the fridge. Who said he had a gap in his memory? When did they say that? The fact that Faraday says you cannot change the future also means you cannot change the present because at one point the present was someone's future. So he can't go back in time and change the past in any capacity. So everything that Desmond did happened. So it's not you going back in time and putting banana bread in the in the fridge to change the timeline. That always happened. Perhaps if this had been two episodes, we would know <laughs> the answer. No, but but I just want clarification really fast. Did they at any point say that Desmond has a gap in his memory or are you assuming he had a gap in his memory that is now filled with this information? I am assuming. I too assumed that he had a gap. Based off of Faraday's gap in memory too. Only because... We know Faraday's gap is because of the radiation, but it would make sense that the radiation that was caused by an experiment that was basically this would have a similar effect to what happened to Desmond. I just feel like, I don't know, if anybody can make sense of what we're each trying to say, I'd like to see if anybody agrees with me. Because I I just slightly disagree with you, but I'm not like heated over it. I just feel like I'm a little bit more right, but I don't understand why I'm right. Well, Kate, I know you don't care, but like way in here, who who do you think is more right between the two of us? Oh wow, making me take sides. Um, to be honest, Lauren, I don't really understand what you were saying. <laughs> That's fair. I when but I, I listen back to this only because I didn't understand. But when I, I also wasn't back, listening. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, uh, what the fuck am I talking about? Or I might listen back and go, yes, I am a genius. So I will also weigh in and flashback and see if I agree with myself. This is going to be a very revisited episode in flashback. <laughs> and let us know what you guys think. That's the beauty of this show. It's open to interpretation. I like ask... how they were dead the whole time. Shut the time. fuck up. <laughs> I'm going to ask Andrew too. Okay, while we're still on this, let's go back a little bit to flashes before your eyes. You said that that was a dream, essentially. Now with everything that happened in this episode... Is it possible that this is the second time this has happened? That Desmond's mind was thrown back in time? That original episode? I suppose it could have been because of the intense uh, like amount of electromagnetic shit that he was like exposed to. I'm not going to say that with certainty, but sure, maybe. So Desmond asks how... Eloise running the maze helps him, and Faraday says he thought that he was sent back to help him. Desmond says he doesn't know anything about him. All he knows is that Faraday eventually ends up on an island. Faraday asks why he's on an island, and then Kimi is wrestling the phone out of his hand, and Lapidus tells everyone to relax. Another reason why I think it all all happened is because Faraday forgot that he ends up going to an island. I feel like Faraday would remember that. Unless he had 
memory issues. I don't know where I'm going with that. Whoa, what are you talking about? How would he remember something in the past? No, present day Faraday would remember that he met Desmond and said, you're going to go on an island. And then he sees Faraday or he sees Desmond on the island. And he's like, oh, you were right. But he I... had the memory issues preventing him from being able to do that. I'm going to I'm going to say something later. And hopefully I remember it. Write it down. Ah, uh, no. Why didn't you just say it now, then? Well, because it, it, it comes up. Okay, I'll just say it now. So the only thing that I actually think messes up my, like, theory, but also I'm, I'm now confusing myself as I think about it. Is it the note is, at the end? Yes, is the note at the end, because... Okay, we have thoughts on that, so we'll double back on that. Okay, okay. Lapidus says that Faraday just wanted to talk to Desmond, saying that he thought he could help. Dr. Ray says Faraday can't even help himself. What do you make of that comment? Well, just like we've seen how he's like a little off, I think, because of all the radiation. It's probably just I feel that. like Faraday has actually gotten better as episodes have gone on, for sure. Yeah, but they haven't seen him. If your theory of it's because he's on the island, they haven't seen him on the island so they only know like scatterbrain fair day true but i mean like we saw the condition that he was in before he got there to the island in the flashback my question is what was he like on the freighter and how close to the island did they get before he felt effects kimi and the doctor kick frank out saying that the captain wants to talk to him and Said says he wants to talk to the captain too but instead they lock them all in Desmond tries to use the flashlight to take himself back to 1996, saying Faraday said that he could help him. Said asks for Desmond to explain what happened, but the man interrupts, saying, oh, you're Desmond. He introduces himself as George Mike Wazowski, and he says that he was the communications officer. He said that there was a call that would come in occasionally, that they were under direct orders never to answer. And that call came from Penelope Whitmore. I, at this point, thought that Desmond was going to, in the past, tell Penny that she needed to call this boat to get in contact with him. And that she was just calling, like, over and over until he was able to answer. But that's not what it was. So I'm actually kind of confused by that. Yeah, so that's a good question. If it wasn't that, which would have been, which was a good theory, I will give you credit for. If it's not that, and we know that Penny doesn't know about the boat based off what she told Charlie, why is she calling the boat? Well, like later on, she says, like, I know about the island. I think she she has information and we just don't know how much she knows, but it's like somewhere along that. So you still 100% trust her? Why wouldn't I? This is You ask leading questions, Zane, and it's just... Because she said she doesn't know about the boat and now she's calling the boat. And it's been in like five days. What do you mean she said she doesn't know about the boat? To Charlie. Not she, Penny's she boat. She said, what boat? Who's Naomi? And now she's calling the boat. She's has calling, been for some time. She's calling the boat, but does that mean that she knows it's a boat that she's calling? Like, I can call a number and over, over and over and over, and I don't know it's an Applebee's. I just know I'm calling a number. You know what I mean? But now that you're saying this, I'm like, you got you to stop with the leading questions. Desmond comes back too, and Faraday tells him that he was unconscious for 75 minutes. He asked how long he was in the future, and he was only there for five minutes. Faraday says the progression is exponential, and each time jump becomes harder for him to jump back. We see that Eloise is dead, and Desmond asks what happened. 
Faraday assumes it was a brain aneurysm. So Desmond pins him to the wall and asks him if he is going to die. And Dan says he does not know. And then they kiss. He says he thinks that Eloise's brain short-circuited and she could not tell where she was in time because she had no anchor. He says life is chaotic, variable. Each equation needs stability, something known, a constant. If he wants to stop this, he needs to find something that he really cares about that exists both in the present and in the past or the future, depending on your perspective. Desmond asks if the constant can be a person, and Faraday says maybe, but you would need to make contact with them. Desmond then calls Penny, but the number is disconnected. He goes to leave and passes out in the stairwell. This was my question. Like, because it was originally supposed to, like, not be a person. It was supposed to be a thing. But I don't understand, like, how was he supposed to have the same thing in the past as he does on this boat? Which is then why I was like, can't you just be like, I love my fingernail. And then you get on the boat and you're like, oh, it's my fingernail. And then you're fine. Well, it could be like, like a ring or like a watch or something. And it's like, it has like sentimental value to you. So it's like, it's like in the past or whatever. And then you like look down and you're like, okay, I have my wedding ring. And then you're jumped at the other time and you're like, I don't know where I am, but I still have my wedding ring. But it, it has like meaning to it. But also, I don't know if this is one of the things you're going to say later with the note, but I'm just going to say it now. If Desmond is Faraday's constant, he said it's something that has to be really important to you. Desmond's just a guy. That's what we were going to talk about. It doesn't okay. make sense. Doesn't I was sense. also going to say that I feel like choosing a person is like a really big gamble because had Penny not picked up the phone. Yeah, I, but also... I feel like he didn't really have any other options. Like he didn't go into this being like, okay, and my constant will be. But here was my question. If he didn't have it yet in the past, like for example, what if he was like, I'm going to get a tattoo and then I can look at my body in the future and have that tattoo. Can he get the tattoo in the past or does he have to already have it? That's a great question. I was thinking a tattoo too, but my thought also is like, he doesn't know when he's going to get thrown back in time. Like what if, how can Desmond be his constant? What if he gets thrown back to high school? High school, Faraday doesn't know Desmond. Well, I mean, at that point, he's just like, if I get thrown back to this point, like a plan's only good when you make the plan. Obviously, if he gets thrown back to a different point in time where he doesn't know Desmond, he's not even going to know that he made that note. Yeah, but also that doesn't even really make sense at all because how is he going to find Desmond unless he gets thrown back to literally that specific moment? Because like, how how is he going to find him? You have to make contact, you know? You can't just like I know just about like Desmond. If I knew that I had to have a constant, I'm getting like, a, like one of those permanent bracelets put on or some shit like that it's basically the inception thing the talisman to know if it's a dream or not i know i said that but i'm just saying like i think it's different when in the moment you're like okay you have to have something right now that you have in the past and the present so i get why desmond's was maybe like a little more stressful but like faraday has time to like prep for this and he's like i'm gonna make it this man that i met once that i don't really know and i don't know when i'm gonna see him again what does that say about Faraday, though? 
that he has no one in his life that would be his constant. But he was the one, like, when asked about it, he was like, I mean, maybe it could be a person. And now he's like, it's definitely a person. And it's this person I barely fucking know. And it doesn't make any sense, too, because if Faraday, or if Desmond died, because... Yeah, how do you know he lived? Constant, he wouldn't have died in the pre- in the past. He would have died in 04. So he's assuming... Maybe Faraday's actually dumber than we thought. Honestly, they really only did it to just show like the timeline was affected because he told Desmond to tell his past self this and then it ends up in the notebook. I feel like that I just feel was that... just kind of like a cool moment and that's it. But it was always in the notebook. Was it always in the notebook? After Faraday wrote it in 1996, it was always in the notebook. This is why I don't like this episode. But that see, that doesn't make sense. He says you can't affect the future. You just did because now it's in the notebook. You, it's not that you can't affect the future. You can't change the so, future. But then it has Faraday to always have always been going to write that into the notebook. He just didn't remember until he got to the island. But he didn't see it and be like, who the hell is Desmond Hume? Because he didn't, when he wrote it in the notebook, he wrote it in the notebook. Then he does the radiation, fries his brain. He gets to the island, has memory again. No, no but that, see, now, like now we're getting confused again because you're saying... It, it's always in the notebook because he he was always going to write it because like Desmond was always going to go there or whatever. You could make that argument for literally any change they make in the future. Do you, like, do you get what I'm saying? You're, they're saying you can't change what the change in the future. Okay. If he had not said to Desmond in 2004... When you flash back to the past, to 1996, you need to find me and tell me this. And that is when he, like, wrote it in the notebook. But if he hadn't said that to him on the beach, then he wouldn't have wrote it, wrote it in his notebook. And then it wouldn't, ha- it wouldn't be there. So before, uh, arguably, well, no, that doesn't... Let me jump in here real quick. Oh, I'm hurting myself. We are very much talking about the science of this episode, but I think the other half of this show is fate. It's oh, not God. that the ch- any changes happened. This was always <laughs> destined to happen. You know what's funny? That's your go-to. And when I heard this, I'm just like, oh, it's because we live in a simulation. <laughs> <laughs> You're I like, just, it's destiny. And I'm no, like, in we, Lost, it's destiny. I don't believe that we shit. We are Sims. <laughs> but that, that doesn't, okay, I, I, I guess I'm, I'm getting confused because I'm saying Desmond did not go to him at Oxford until on the beach he said, go to me at Oxford. But the thing that's confusing is that happened in the past. But it didn't happen in the past until in the future he said, go make this happen. So arguably, before he got on the phone with Desmond, if he had opened his notebook, it would not have said that. Because No, I think it would have. Because it already happened in the past. Because, like, that's what I'm getting confused on. But if something happened, I don't know. Oh, I'm I'm getting so confused. Should have been two episodes because maybe we wouldn't Okay, think of it this way, right? If you're running on a treadmill, right? If you're running on a treadmill and you're three miles in and then suddenly, by as if by magic, you are teleported to a treadmill directly behind you, you're still running. 
you're just now further back. Okay, and then suddenly you're back to the to the other original treadmill. Where are we going? No, 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 you, no, you gotta stop. Forward, you just were at a different place. No, that wasn't no, a good one. That wasn't good. That didn't work. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but the, the logic is sound. Desmond think... was always moving forward. He just was moving forward at different points in time. I think I actually, I, I talked myself into understanding it and I understand why it's always in the notebook. Because it did happen in the past. It was yes. always going to happen because that this was the trajectory of 2004. It's just because it was destiny. <laughs> yeah, fate. It was it's fate. It, it's be basically what we're saying here is Desmond didn't Desmond did something because he was told to do it, which is sound logic in any story. It's just the fact that he was in two different places in time. Yeah, it's just it's. It's hurting my brain a little bit. I th I think I get it, and I also think I don't get it at all. But that's fine, and that's why I like time travel. I'm gonna need a nap after this one. Okay, fun little question here, not including family, so no husbands, no siblings, no parents. Who is your constant? Does it have to be a person? It can't be a thing. Yeah, Do because a the constant the constant can be a thing. I'm not doing a person because I don't know a single person I trust enough to pick up the phone. Brandon? Brandon does not answer that. Brandon goes to bed at like 8 p.m. If I'm like dying at 1030, I'm going to be dead. Yeah, but it, depending on where you are, it doesn't have to just be the phone. You could just go to Brandon. You've always lived relatively close to him. If you ask me right now, without directions, to get in my car and go to Brandon, I couldn't get there. That's true. I, I'm the most screwed. The only person I still talk to that's not a family member is Devin. And Devin... Devin's never... Never available. Um, I would not pick a person because I've lived in too much of a variety of areas that, like, at some... Like, if I were to get thrown back to a point... You know what I mean? Like, here, I can't access... Lauren, yours is obviously Delaney. You said no... Who? What? What were your stipulations? No, no family. Yeah, Delaney, because I am actually in constant contact with her. Yeah. I I was forgetting that I could just call them. I was thinking I needed to physically see them, and I was like, "Well, I've been too many places." But if I can just call, yeah, it's Delaney because I'm actually talking to her right now. I I think I'd have to go with an item because I don't I don't talk to anyone from. You just my... told us to go with a person. I said person or item. You said, actually, you said and, so. Okay, well, I'm saying that person. if I had a person, I, like, if I can't do family, I've got no one. Damn, that's sad. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Damn. I mean, I have people I still talk to from high school, but, like, not, like, Faraday says, like, something you really, really care about. I think I'd just be better off with, like, kitty and doggy. Just stuffed yeah, animals? Yeah, still have them. Okay, I didn't say you couldn't. But do you always have them with you? That's the thing is like, I feel like for me, like a necklace would be great. I never take a necklace off. It's right here. It's always right here. But it has okay. to be something that you've had. Yeah, I, I haven't had this always. I've had it for like six years. But like something like that, if, you know, let's say in 50 years, I need a constant. I'm like, I'm just going to take the gamble that they don't throw me back to before I was 22. And I'm going to use the necklace. Well, there you go. You could use your stinky necklace. No. <laughs> I don't care about that enough. Boom, roasted. Okay. 
So we left off with Desmond falling in the stairwell, but he catches himself in 2004 on a table. He sees himself and realizes that he is much older. He says that he needs to call Penny, and Saeed says that that is not a priority. But Desmond says he does not know him, but if they are friends, he needs his help in calling Penny. George says two days ago someone sabotaged the equipment. He says he could have fixed it if he didn't go nuts. They free him and ask how they're going to escape, but George says that the door is open. He says they have a friend on this boat, and George's nose is now bleeding. And Saeed tells them they need to go. I loved the abrupt cuts in this episode between scenes. So it sold it for me. So Lauren, how did the door open? I was thinking at the time, I was thinking, oh, it maybe it's Ben's rat. But I, I don't know necessarily why Ben's rat would be helping them, but it's just, you know, maybe. Not Lapidus or anything? Well, it could be him. Maybe Penny has an in on the boat. I don't know, man. After Saeed tells them they need to go, Desmond comes to in the stairwell. He goes to a charity auction and finds Charles Widmore. Charles has just purchased the journal slash ledger of the captain of the Black Rock, somehow found by tr- a tribe in Madagascar. Why? What? What do, you, what do you mean, why? Why did Widmore buy it? How did this thing get off the island if it really did go on the Black Rock? I don't know why and I don't know how, but I freaking loved it because I knew. Didn't they also say Hanzo? They said Hanzo, but they were trying to throw me off. They said Hanzo, didn't they? Yes, of Avar Hanzo, the financial backer of the Dharma Initiative. Amazing. I knew that Widmore had his dirty paws and all of this dirty, dirty business. I knew it. I don't need to know answers right now. I don't want to, I don't want to try to. I don't even know what you mean. I, He's got I, dirty paws in it. What more do you need to know? I've been saying that Whitmore is involved somehow, potentially with these people trying to infiltrate the island. He's involved with something. And now in 1996, he's bought this book that has the unknown secrets of the island that only Hanso knows, the Dharma people, and he wants to know too. And now he has the book. And so he's involved. He's involved. And I've always known that. Okay. Desmond wants to speak with him. So they go to the bathroom. And Desmond says that he needs to speak with Penny. Widmore says that once upon a time, she would have said yes to a marriage proposal. But his cowardice went out. And now he suspects that Desmond wants a second chance. Desmond asks why Widmore hates him. And Widmore says it's not he who hates him. And then gives him Penny's address. Desmond goes to turn off the sink, which Woodmore left on because he's a fucking asshole, and he passes out. <laughs> George tells him that it's getting harder to come back, but it's also going to start happening faster, too. Desmond asks how it happened to George, and he says that one day they got bored and wanted to see the island, so they took the Zodiac out. But their crewmate, Brandon, went nuts and eventually died. They reach the radio room, and Saeed asks who did it. And George says he does not know, but he feels bad for them, because when the captain finds out, and then he passes out. Syed says that after the call, someone has to tell him what exactly is going on. And Desmond asks if he can fix it. And Saeed says yes, but without the number, they are SOL. Desmond sees a calendar and realizes that it's 2004. Syed says he did not realize that it was almost Christmas. So yes, The Constant is officially a Christmas movie. 
Ironically, this episode came out on February 28th. <laughs> Said realizes that Desmond's nose is bleeding, and then George starts convulsing and bleeding from the face. He says he can't get back and dies. Said asks what happened to him, and Desmond says the same thing that's going to happen to him. Kate, you had a thought on George. I get why he was there, because, like, scary. You want to know what happens. But, I mean, we saw the rat die, so we don't need to see a human die. I feel like he just took away time that could have been better used explaining the plot. But maybe if it had been two episodes. Would you have been okay with just a longer episode rather than two parts? Yeah, but, like, they don't really do that. They're not just, like... Let me just make this one episode in the middle of the season long. If Dance Moms can suddenly be an hour and a half, why can't a good episode of Lost? Because Dance Moms... Are you about to say Dance Moms is a better show than Lost? I didn't say it, you did. I would like to watch Lost choreographer cut. <laughs> Shut up. Desmond comes to and sees... The- if you play with this blanket one more time, I'm going to cut your fingers off. Desmond comes to and sees that the water is overflowing. He turns it off and looks at the mirror and sees the difference in his face. He takes the address and he goes to Penny's. She answers his knock and asks what he's doing there. She says she's trying to make a clean break and Desmond says that he needs her number. He says he made a mistake and he wants her back and he still believes in them and she tries to cut him off again. He says he needs to tell her something and she needs to listen. She lets him in and tells him to just have it out and then go. He says, this won't make any sense, but eight years from now, I'm going to call you. And he needs the number. She's confused, but he says if any part of her believes in him, believes in them, he needs the number. She says that he could just call at any point, but he says he won't call for eight years. Not a good Scottish accent. Well, that was pretty good. Did you really? No. No. (laughs) Genius. She asks if she gives him the number if he will leave. He says yes. So she gives it to him. London numbers are weird. Yes. Also, I did have a thought on this. Yes. If I had an ex who called me and I was like, don't call me again, I'm moving. And they showed up at my new address being like, I need your number so I can call you in eight years. I'd be like, okay, bitch. My number's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Get the hell out. Like, (laughs) whoa. I was like, I would not be giving him my... First of all, real phone number. I wouldn't be like, yes, come through the doorway into my new home that I don't know how you found the address of because you don't have my number or my new address. But that's fine. And yeah, go ahead. Call me in eight years, boo thing. No, absolutely not. Fake number and I'm calling the police. Did you have the thought when you were watching the episode or did you see the note on my page here? No, I didn't see that note i'm not wearing my glasses i did have that note or that thought while watching it and i was going to text it to you but then i remembered that you were ignoring me all day so I didn't. Okay, whatever so question i have then we know kate's answer if an ex came to you and said they absolutely needed to talk to you would you hear them out through the window not inside my home i don't have that many exes so it depends on who it is one of them i'd tell to eat shit and die One of them, I would just be so curious to what they have to say. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't have any contact with, with any ex. So I would just literally, I'm just the nosiest person. So if, if they came to me, they're like, I have to talk to you. I'd be like, 
did I get you pregnant 10 years ago? Like, what happened? Am I pregnante? No, I, like, obviously, if an ex showed up on my doorstep, I'd be like, hey, you know? Um, you don't have any exes. Ex situationships, they count. <laughs> um, First and only boyfriend, represent. <laughs> I'm just waiting until my second. Um, my next boyfriend? My next boyfriend. <laughs> my next boyfriend? Um, yeah, maybe when I'm with my next boyfriend, if you came. Um... <laughs> Anyways, did you hear me out? Does um, any part of you still believe? No, this? I think like if an ex situation ship like showed up on my doorstep, I would definitely be like, "So you've been thinking about me?" I think that would be my <laughs> first reaction. But then if they started being like, "I need your phone number so I can call you in eight years," then I'd be like, "Oh, <laughs> was, oh, okay." I will oh. give you my phone number. Please snap. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can send me streaks. <laughs> He memorizes the number and she comments on him not even writing it down. And he says it won't do him any good. He says no matter what, keep that number as she kicks him out. And he says he is not crazy. She just needs to trust him. This is something that bothered Kate. So I'm going to give you the floor here. How did we get from this conversation? Why to... are you asking me? This was my question. That's it's an open-ended conversation. All right, fine. You ask the question. I, like, you're like, let me give you the floor by asking you the question that you were going to ask. Go ahead. My question was... <laughs> okay, well, it was more for, like, the next scene, but, like, she obviously, like... Do you want me to recap the scene, then? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, you're... fine. We're almost done. <laughs> Thank God. Said says he does trust Desmond, but they still need the number. And Desmond immediately remembers it. Saeed tells him that they're finished. He doesn't know how long the battery will hold. He makes the call and Saeed says that he hopes that she's there. And as the phone rings, past Desmond watches Penny close the curtains. But in 2004, Penny answers the phone. Desmond is in shock that she actually answered. She asks where he is and he tells her about the island. He asks if it's really her and she starts crying saying yes. He says she still cares about him. He starts crying too. She says that he has been looking for him for the last three years, and she knows about the island. She says that she was researching something, and a little static cuts in. But when she spoke to Charlie, she knew that she was not crazy. Desmond says that he loves her, and he's sorry, and Penny says that she loves him too. They say they will find each other. They will never give up. They promise each other that they will be together again. They say they love each other, and the call dies. Saeed says it was all they had. And Desmond thanks him, saying it was enough. And then Syed asks if he's okay, and Desmond says he's perfect. And back on the island, Faraday finds his journal and a note that his past self wrote, If anything happens, Desmond Hume will be my constant. And that is how the episode ends. Okay, now I will share my question. You have the floor. My question was, eight years ago... She's like, I'll give you my number if you promise not to fucking contact me. And now she's like, I've been looking for you for three years. I love you. What? What happened? What happened in those five years? We know at one point he goes to jail and she writes the letter that she puts in our mutual friend. Who is the author of world-renowned books? It's our <laughs> mutual friend. So at some point between those five years, she developed feelings for him again. However long he was in jail, at least. 
I think this conversation just planted the seed in her brain and she couldn't let it go. But she knew that for whatever reason, he wasn't going to call for eight years. So she was basically just saying, hey, I'm going to wait. I'm going to be so honest. If you broke up with me and I was like trying to get on with my life and then you show up and you're like, I'm going to call you in eight years. Don't. Be for real, for real. For eight years? I'm not going to sit here for eight years and be like, I'm going to write my little prison bird a letter and then he's going to disappear and I'm going to call this random ass boat all the time for three years to try and get a hold of him and then on the anniversary on the anniversary of the eighth year he's gonna call me and i'm gonna tell him i love him no bitch absolutely not it was not the anniversary it was just a random date lauren way in here uh i kind of agree with you i just think it planted a seed and like some some stuff happened like i think that him them showing us her being like all contemplative through the window and like sad and all that stuff is is just showing like the door is not actually closed for them here's the thing i do like desmond and penny i just feel like it's so random and i feel like if you wanted to plant a seed i feel like showing up all crazy and shit like i need your number so i can call you in eight years i don't know i just feel that there's a better could have been more romantic that wasn't very romantic at all. Well, speaking of romance and Desmond and Penny, what did we think of the scene with them on the phone with each other? That was nice. Happy for them. Oh, you can't give me a little more than that. Well, I didn't think very much more than that. Romance girly? I mean, yeah, it was it was good. I I have questions though. Go on. When he hangs up and He's like, Saeed's like, are you better now? And he's like, yeah, I'm good. So does he just like remember who he is now in 2004? Is he like fixed now? Yeah. Okay. Obviously. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Duh, could have been more clear. <laughs> I I kind of was under the impression, like I thought the constant just made it so his brain didn't explode. And then when she said, like, I talked to Charlie, it seemed like he had this, like, look of re- recognition. Like, oh, I, re- I do remember Charlie. You know what I mean? But yeah. I just, I wasn't, like, 100% sure. I just, I don't know. Well, the, the point of the constant is to anchor him in time. He now knows where he is. So he's not going to switch back anymore? No. Okay. Seems like a pretty easy fix for such a, such a complicated problem yeah agreed like imagine imagine if it had just been an object yeah like imagine like oh no i just flashed through time look at my ring it's a ring okay now i'm I'm better that's why i don't like this episode like i just think it was that's why no i i've there's a lot of reasons why i just think it was good in theory but not in execution imagine if penny was just on the damn island yeah, <laughs> she's on the helicopter with them. They fly, they go off the fucking bearing, and he just sees her. Oh, okay, I'm fine. Had Faraday told him that he needed a constant, let's just say that by some miracle, he did talk to Penny in the future. Would he then have been angered, or did he need to know that that was his constant? Thoughts? Thoughts? Anyone? Well, I feel, what do you mean? I feel like he would have been angered. Well, then but what do you it. mean 
talk to her in the future like when like let's say penny was on the boat i know she wasn't on the boat but in another universe penny's on the boat he's flashing through time he's like oh hey girl hey penny girl now all of a sudden he's fixed he's not flashing through time anymore Mm, yeah that's a good question and also the other thing is if if Faraday knows, like, okay, this constant is, like, the quick fix to this. Pick an easier constant than fucking Desmond. Yeah, that was so dumb. Yeah. I feel like the const- Penny is his constant, whether he knows it or not. It's not like gravity became a thing because they figured out gravity. You and your analogies today. <laughs> Good lord. Knowing the rule doesn't make it so. It's just a rule. Okay, so I have a tattoo. Mm-hmm. I'm flashing through time. I I see my arm. Oh my god! If I'm not flashing through time anymore. Maybe the tattoo about your brother, because that's like extremely significant to you. All of my tattoos are significant to me, bitch. It's something <laughs> that you have to really, really deeply care about. Like Penny is the most important thing in the world to him. That and his then, belly button. Then yeah, I was like, constant. Makes literally no sense. Yeah, Faraday is just an idiot. Maybe he just like met Desmond and was like, maybe he like felt sparks. Maybe, and, but maybe when Zane said they kissed, they did kiss, and we just didn't see it because neither of them remembered. <laughs> because Faraday has memory loss, and Desmond was flashing through time. Well, <laughs> who wants maybe, to write the fanfic? Maybe he is actually really important to him because Desmond helped him like showed up and and helped him have a breakthrough with Eloise, you know? The dead rat. And then they kissed. Yes. I think they kissed. Speaking of kissing, hot people kiss. Who's hottie of the week? Desmond. Of course. Any particular reason? No, no particular reason. I just finished it and I was like, I need a hottie of the week. I love Desmond. There you go. Wow, you phoned it in. Well, it's like, I like him. Accent? Anguish? Anguish with an accent? I don't know. Anguish with an accent. Anguish? With an accent. You put an accent on one of the letters? Wouldn't that be funny? (laughs) When I heard, I heard English, and I was like, yeah, he is speaking English. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Who's next week about? You're not going to tell me. That's true. Gonna just say lock. I don't know. And is it a flashback or flash forward? Forward. All right. Title is The Other Woman. Okay. Final thoughts on the episode, Lauren? It was very good and my brain hurts. Final thoughts on the episode, Kate? I think... Also, that my brain hurts. Um, I think it's just one of those things I didn't understand. And I'm not sure I care to understand. Like a record player. But, okay, but here's the thing. Okay. I can understand a record player if I wanted to. I could Google it. I could learn about it. I can't learn about this shit. We should tell the podcast listeners about how I bought you a record player for Christmas, and then maybe a week after I bought it, you said unprompted, "I like record players. I don't understand how they work." No, we were we were talking about something, and I was saying like, "Oh, I 
hate things that I can't understand. Like, it just makes me so frustrated. For example, a record player. I don't like to think about vinyls because I don't understand them. So I hate them. And I didn't know that Zane had bought me a record player for Christmas. And then he was just like, off topic, but I might return your Christmas present. (laughs) And I was like, why? And he's like, I'm not sure it's good anymore. (laughs) Was it good? Yeah, no, I like it. I just can't think about it too much. So you still gave it to her? (laughs) Yeah. Big gamble. As previously discussed on the podcast, I don't know how to return things. (laughs) Well, I'm a lot of questions. If you have questions, get them in for flashback. I'm sure this one's going to be a popular one. You can put them onto our social medias. Lauren, where can they find them? At Lauren Gets Lost Pod on TikTok, at Lauren Gets Lost Pod on Instagram. Find us on Facebook and YouTube, where if you want, Kate's going to do uh, Get Ready With Me. Give us five stars wherever you're listening. Leave us a nice review or a mean one and i'll cry tell your friends tell your family tell your sugar daddy and join us next week for the other woman thank you for listening to lauren gets lost this podcast is hosted by and edited by zane kohler with co-host lauren kohler produced and guest starring kate worcester and our music is done by david kohler and remember they were not dead the whole time <laughs>